August 20th. Today, as we look into the New Testament, we'll be reading from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, beginning at verse 27. And we'll go through chapter 13, verse 13. Very famous chapter in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13. Now, this so-called hymn to love was Paul's prescription for solving the sickness in the church body in Corinth. The believers had spiritual gifts, but they lacked spiritual graces and needed to be reminded why love is so important in the Christian life. Love puts quality into service. When you have love, your words and actions amount to something, and they actually help other people. Love also puts maturity into character. Now, the Corinthians were impatient with each other, suing each other, tolerating sin in the church, and creating problems because they did not have love. You see, whatever qualities you may have, they are nothing without love. That's why Christ says, apart from me, the God who is love, you can do nothing. See, love puts eternity into life. Love lasts, and what love does will last. Love is the greatest and does the greatest because God is love. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. August 20th, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, through chapter 13, verse 13. Now all of you believers together are Christ's body, and each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Here is a list of some of the members that God has placed in the body of Christ. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who can get others to work together, those who speak in unknown languages. Is everyone an apostle? Of course not. Is everyone a prophet? No. Are all teachers? Does everyone have the power to do miracles? Does everyone have the gift of healing? Of course not. Does God give all of us the ability to speak in unknown languages? Can everyone interpret unknown languages? No. And in any event, you should desire the most helpful gifts. First, however, let me tell you about something else that is better than any of them. If I could speak in any language in heaven or on earth, but didn't love others, I would only be making meaningless noise like a loud gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I knew all the mysteries of the future, and knew everything about everything, but didn't love others, what good would I be? And if I had the gift of faith, so that I could speak to a mountain and make it move, without love, I would be no good to anybody." If I gave everything I have to the poor, and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would be of no value whatsoever. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of when it has been wronged. It is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. 
love will last forever. But prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will all disappear. Now we know only a little, and even the gift of prophecy reveals little. But when the end comes, these special gifts will all disappear. It's like this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child does. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly as in a poor mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me now. There are three things that will endure, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. When we suffer in this lifetime, we need to keep a few things in perspective. Number one, Romans 8:28, God works all things together for good for those who love him and for those who are called according to his purpose. God works all things, even the worst things, together for good for his people. We need to keep that in focus. And if we're unable to see that, if we're so struggling with our difficulties that we we can't possibly see or think or imagine the good that can come from it, then we need to keep this in perspective. That the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory we shall see. As difficult as it gets in this lifetime, we have the promise and the hope of eternal life with Christ. And the worst horrors that we can imagine in this life are not even worthy to be compared with how wonderful it will be to be with Christ. Not worthy to be compared. And we cling to these things, and I'm clinging to these things right now, that God is going to work good in this lifetime. And that these things someday shall pass, and they won't even be worthy of mentioning in light of seeing Jesus, I believe it. And then we bring those things together with this truth, the promise of a new heaven and a new earth. That time where... Christ himself will set right every wrong and he'll be with us in the boat of pain in the storm as it says in Revelation 21 and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying behold the tabernacle of God is among men and he will dwell among them and they shall be his people and God himself will be among them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes And there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain for the first things have passed away. That day is coming. You see, God has never promised us that we won't suffer in this lifetime. In fact, he's made it explicit in the word of God that we will suffer in this lifetime. But there is coming a day in the renewal of all things, in the fullness of Christ's presence, where because of his person, because of his presence, there will be no more tears. He himself will wipe them away. 
No more crying, mourning, pain. No more cancer. No more death. I have joy in the pain because I will gain in a new way the present of Jesus himself. And then holding on to these things when we all suffer in life will allow us to be the kind of person that Job was. In Job chapter 1, he got horrible news after horrible news after horrible news. His entire family, all of his kids were wiped out. All of his belongings, all of his wealth, it was all wiped out in a day. And it says, Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground. That's how they mourned then. But look what he did. And worshipped. That's the man that I want to be. I want to be the kind of man that the more I lose, the more I worship God. Because the more I lose in this world, the more of a treasure he becomes to me in this moment. And Job said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And my daily prayer is verse 22. Through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. It's the kind of people we need to be in suffering. Shall we indeed take the good and not adversity? Has God not warned us that in this world we would have difficulty? But take heart, he has overcome the world and there is coming a new day. And I want to tell you, church, that Jesus is more present in our brokenness. The gospel is more real and on greater display when we are broken than at any other time. Psalm 37, verses 1 through 11, a Psalm of David. Don't worry about the wicked. Don't envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like springtime flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him and He will help you. He will make your innocence as clear as the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop your anger. Turn from your rage. Do not envy others. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. In a little while, the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. Those who are gentle and lowly will possess the land. They will live in prosperous security. Proverbs 21 Verses 23 and 24. If you keep your mouth shut, you will stay out of trouble. Mockers are proud and haughty, 
They act with boundless arrogance 